Welcome back to United Motherhood with me, Zoe Young, and today's guest, my beautiful friend, Charlie Adams, known across social media as Charlie Kate. Charlie is mama to two gorgeous girls, Tilba, who is four, and Tully, who is 22 months. She is wife to Cullen, a public speaker, a businesswoman, a social media influencer with a community of over 200,000, a voice for those who may be a little different, but hey, let's face it, who isn't different? She's my beautiful friend and a very proud, short-statured, empowered woman. She is literally all things good, guys. Before we get into it, it's important I let you know that today's episode gets into some topics that may be triggers for some. If anyone you know is struggling or you're struggling, please seek support. I've left some resources down below. Now, this is your reminder that this is Charlie's story. It's not yours, it's not mine, and we must respect and accept each other enough to know that we're all doing our best. The United Motherhood podcast, YouTube series, and the community in its entirety is just that, a safe space for us women to learn from one another. Enjoy Charlie, guys. She's amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> this is the like second day in a row that we've been together. I know you'll be sick of me. No, you will be sick of me. No, we've like met and then hung out way too often. It's so funny. What day was it? Day before yesterday. I'm like, I haven't spoken to Zoe today. Like, <laughs> no, just give that girl a break. I was even talking to Cullen. Like we were DMing, and then I was like, they're probably so sick of me. And I was asking about you. I was like, how is she feeling? <laughs> and he was like. She's fine. I was like, okay, this is weird. I need to stop. Like, we're getting way too close to each other. <laughs> no, 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 it's but been lovely. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today, coming all the way up from the Shire. Oh, the Shire. The Shire. Pleasure. Why do I put that like bogan accent? I don't know. When I say so the Shire. Everyone seems to do it, so it must be a thing. I love the Shire. It's Maybe. awesome. It's actually still a really easy run up to here. So it's kind of like your second home. Here, your house? Not well. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but the Shire. It is. Yeah, we uh, we spend quite a bit of time there each year which is is good Colin's parents live there we used to live in the Shire so it does like it was our home yeah. and such but yeah since moving like eight hours away um but having our two kids it's lovely to be able to come back as often as we do and like hang out with Colin's parents yeah you lived with his parents didn't you when we you were did pregnant? yep yep yes they are they dealt with me through nine months of pregnancy bless them I oh, was oh my gosh my parents dealt with me through nine months of pregnancy and like they were like we got to 36 weeks and they were looking at me like have the baby have you like found anywhere <laughs> to live because you need to get the hell out like they were done they were so done I was such a moody little oh rat. and I think especially with your first one you just it's all about you you know and it is it is about you like in pregnant it is about the pregnant woman and Mm -hmm. such but you just you know second round like you've got a toddler to look after and you just realize you get a little bit of perspective i think i'm actually so glad you brought that up so much more going on in the world not just your baby bump Uh uh-huh i'm so glad you brought that up because i found as well when i had heidi it was like everyone was so excited Mm -hmm. to meet her and come over and then they were still excited with Blake, but it was kind of like, oh, you'll be right. Yeah. Like, you've had one. Absolutely. You'll yeah. be right. You get half the presents, half the cooked yep. meals, half the visitors, plus you've got two children instead yep. of one. You're like, what is the, what is I going know. on? To deal. Anyway, let's take it right back. Mm-hmm. So, you grew up in the country. Tell us a bit about your life. Yeah, I grew up yeah, in a little country town called Inverell, Inverell which is where we actually live now. 
Um, it's funny how sometimes you've gone as, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you sort of you're driving out of your little one horse town. It's not yeah. really one horse town, but you're driving out of your town. I'm like, so yeah. It's and an then, eleven pub town. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's we figured impressive. that out the other night. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> but yeah, then you know you do your, your full circle. You live your life, and you're like, you know what? That's actually a great place to raise my children and affordable, and my family's there, etc. And then seven years later, you're driving back in. You've done a lot in that time. That you've lived in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Cullen's like lived overseas. Yeah. Had girlfriends over in LA <laughs> like you guys have the coolest story I'm trying to get them to start a podcast or a YouTube channel because they just have you've lived like so many lives in one. Oh, you know sometimes I think back at it I'm like we've done nothing all that extraordinary I feel like there's still so much more to do like I'm turning 30 next year I was like oh my goodness you're like, a bitch oh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm joking. laughs> um, feels like that isn't it funny Cullen said because he's 10 years older than me yeah. and he said to me um he Sorry, said that's my phone going no on. I thought that was mine for a minute he said turning 30 was so much more emotionally daunting than turning 40 yeah. he's like 30 was just like see your 20s um you know, you just don't feel like you're ready to, to leave that phase. Whereas 40, 40 sexy. Yeah. 40. So, and you've got to say sexy. Your man's 40. Yeah. Look, he looks good for 40. <laughs> but I love your workouts. You work out together, like sometimes on yeah. your Instagram mm. and he's like doing chin-ups. You're like running to the back fence. Like, oh my goodness. are there like kangaroos really jumping around you? Like, no, there's not. There's not. It's really <laughs> funny, actually. I think I mentioned this story to you the other day. So Cullen's lived in Sydney his whole yeah. life. And when we first made the decision to move to Inverell, I was like, it's going to be a big change for this you, This is babe. a good story. Yeah. Um, and such. And he's like, yep, yeah, nuts, no, cool. Let's do it. It's really affordable. Um, he just finished doing a movie overseas. He did the stunt work for Snow White and the Huntsman and then so the cool. Huntsman. Yeah, so he stunt doubled for all the dwarf characters in That's that. Amazing. Um FYI to your listeners who don't know me. I know. A person. He's also had a world record for nine years. Yeah. Like hey, this is the Cullen show. This is the Cullen. Cullen, where are you at, bro? Um, yeah, yeah. He, he held the record 100 and 200 meters for the short-statured men, fastest little man in the world. That's so and cool. it was beaten just recently, sadly. But he set that record when he was 30 and it got beaten by an 18-year-old. So, and it stood for years and that years and so years. Cool. So it's a real testament to him and his fitness. But anyway, so we moved to Inverell <laughs> and we lived with my parents for a couple of weeks after Tilwa was born, just while our house settled and such. And then he was in and out from my parents' house in the new house, like putting furniture in and such. And then he rang me um, one day when he was in there. He's like, oh, a kangaroo just bounced down the, the street. Like, is that normal? <laughs> And it, it it's, sure. it's actually completely not normal. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally a thing. <laughs> He's thinking, where the hell have I gone? Had he ever been to Inverell, like, to visit your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were living in Sydney and such, we went up there quite a bit, just long weekend. It's so easy without kids. You just jump in on a Friday afternoon and you come home the Sunday night. You know, it's oh. like a 1,200-kilometer round trip, but it's just fun when it's the two of you. It's actually so – and you don't realize, like, if you don't have kids and you're listening to this – Explore. Yeah, yeah, do road trips, go exploring, do all the fun things. Like you can still do that with kids, don't get me wrong, but it's just it's harder. Yeah, I think your strategies are a little bit different. You look yeah. for shorter, easier mm-hmm. weekend trips away that you know, and or if you're doing your longer trips, you might need to add in an extra night's accommodation or whatever it is, uh-huh. just because kids don't cope. They don't and cope. you don't cope in a confined space with them for yeah. hours. And so you grew up in Inverell, yes. you've got tell us about your family. Yeah, so family of four, my mum, my dad, my brother and I, um, I'm I'm the older sibling. My mum and dad, uh, yeah, they've been married for 
years, 35 years or something now. Wow. And yeah, my dad is average height. Yeah. Um, like most people, I suppose. We usually use the word average rather than normal. I've people... been asking Charlie so many questions and she's been so patient with me. No. Like you've been so kind because I feel like for me personally, I love to know about things. Yeah. So I ask a lot of questions. So I'm like, how do you like define yourself? Do you say is dwarf? Like, is that something yeah. you say or you've, I've noticed you say short stature. Yeah, That's I don't your know. Well, I think it's just something to do with the maybe the stigma surrounding the word dwarf and dwarfism yeah. uh, can often be seen in a in a comical sense and a theatrical sense, which is not necessarily bad. But for me, it was just something growing up that I never aligned with. I never aligned with being a, a dwarf. Yeah, I, I'm just Charlie. Um, and I feel like if you know average height people don't have to define themselves as I'm yeah. an average height person. You're just a normal, regular person. So I'm like, I'm, I'm exactly the same. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't label myself as anything like that. And, and people do. And I'm slowly, you know, uh, yeah, I do now introduce, not introduce ourselves, but if I was to describe us as a family unit, then yeah, we are a family of short-statured people. Yeah. Just because I do now think that that is an interesting point of difference. And it's something that my own self-confidence has developed to the point that I've feel like we should celebrate and share oh 100 yeah. percent. like that's what i love about your social media as well like i feel like your community and mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong it brings a lot of people of difference like a couple of my friends that when i posted about you they are from same-sex couples mm-hmm. and another girlfriend of mine is missing a limb and yeah. they follow you hardcore and yeah. i know that sounds really weird maybe no. but i feel like you just because you do physically look different Mm -hmm. i'm doing the bunny fingers because what is different (laughs) everyone is different um i don't know your community is just really cool and diverse yeah and i think it's when when you are a person or an individual or from a minority group whatever it may be you don't have you can align with other people who are not the same not necessarily the same as you but maybe are following a similar journey where they're just you know the outlier in in a situation that in in life yeah um and you just feel this sense of security, I suppose, in knowing that there's other people out there doing their thing as well. Yeah. That is not how the majority of people are living their day-to-day life. So I feel like that's, yeah, and it, you know, it can be, you know, you can see a person from a same-sex couple and yeah. physically they're exactly the same as everybody else. But yeah, on an emotional level, on a societal level, yeah. their battles are completely different. Um, Which sucks, doesn't it? But it's so cool that I think that you, you kind of bring a voice of just we're all doing our thing. Yeah. We're all trying our best. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about short stature. It's a big part of your life. And as a mom and you're raising two beautiful short stature girls. Mm. But I want to also talk about lots of different other things because yeah. there's so many components to you and you're just living the mum life that's it hey and mum life I feel is just a challenge in itself and that yeah. is something that I do resonate with and other people resonate with me um yeah from you know just because that is like kids are kids you know it's you're, hard. you're battling the same thing with your yeah. kids regardless of whether they've got dwarfism or not or um whatever yeah whatever it is and it's, it's funny, like you mentioned, you know, people, and I've always thought this, like people do get caught up on the, not caught up, but their focus can be on the, my physicality yeah. and thinking that that's my biggest concern or, you know, let's pay a lot of attention there. Even, you know, when you talk to special, like doctor specialists or whatever it oh. is with my kids and such, it's all about the physical differences. But for Cullen and I, we're like, their biggest battle is not going to be their little legs reach, you know, little arms reaching yeah. the top shelf of the supermarket. Like, that's a thing. That's annoying. I've but, seen a picture of you climbing yeah. up the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, check that out on my husband's Instagram, guys. Um, but no, their biggest battle and our biggest battle is that 
your, you know, your own, the voices in your head and your own identity, so sense of identity, your own sense of worth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting and it, it's nearly a broken part of our medical and health system sometimes, not always, but I think and I feel in the case of, of a family with short stature or new parents of kids with short stature that there's going to be so much focus on your child's physical development and that is important and that's a thing. But again, the only way that they're going to be okay with all of that is if their sense of self-worth yeah. and is is on point. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that applies to everyone. 100%. Regardless Absolutely. if you've got yeah. something physically different. Oh, you could be a supermodel, or... but if you're not happy with who you are and yeah. you don't back yourself, then it's a really tricky, life's a bit of a struggle as yeah. opposed to a gift. Totally. And your mum is short stature yes. and your brother. Yes. Yeah. But you... My dad was the weird one in our family. <laughs> he was the like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> That's so cool. But he... Um, so with your family, you said you... So I'm going to give you guys a bit of insight. This is... I keep talking about goddamn Cullen. Like, sorry about this. This is about you, but he's as much a part he's of you. He's very much, yes. He introduced me to the whole LP community, mm-hmm. which is the little person community. Little people, yeah. Little people community. You said you didn't really get involved with that until you were older. Yeah. Why? Like, was there a reason for that? Do you think it's important if you if it's someone of difference to reach out to their community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. Mm-hmm. I've never really understood why we, as a family, didn't get involved. I know that my mum, she sort of, she was subscribed. And I mean, growing up, like I don't want to say back in the day because I've already got a complex about turning thirty. Um, <laughs> But, you know, social media has only really been a thing for 10 years, I yep. think. And, you know, yeah, growing up as as kids and in my mum's case, she'd get a newsletter once every six months or something. Just this is what the, the Short Statute Association of People of Australia is doing. Um, and I guess because we were in that sort of rural area and it wasn't a pressing issue for us. You know, my brother and I had two really good role models growing up. We had an average height dad, a short statured mum who were both kicking goals in life yeah um we i feel like we got a really balanced sense of just society and just we were really grounded as well you know we didn't have um we were never pandered or anything in that sense and my mum's attitude and philosophy in life was you just really have to get on with it she was such an advocate for us i think through school as well um you know just getting in there, making sure that, you know, there were steps in the toilet and that, you know, if we needed anything in the classroom, it was there and it was done, but also that it wasn't a big deal. So, yeah. you know, there wasn't... We, Just a party Yeah, life. that's it. You know, there was no special attention. I still had to run all the running races in athletics, even though I knew every single time I can go in there with as much, you know, yeah. um, like positive attitude. You're going to take double the amount yeah, of Yeah, all of that, but I'm still going to come last yeah. no matter my outlook. And that was something that was instilled from both of my parents from a really young age. And I feel like that's what gave us just, you know, just a better grip on life. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, and when I did get involved in the short statute community, there's some kids that don't go to school on those days. And I get that everyone's doing it differently. But for me, I'm so glad that I was pushed into that because it just made me realize that those events don't define me. And coming last is not a reflection on me as a person. It's just the way it is. And I I was an academic, you know, I was a smarter kid in class. So there was nothing holding me back then. There was a balance and it was, it all You got your thing. Yeah. I love that line, how you said it didn't define you. Because I feel like there's so many things that we think 
define us. Yeah. And I mean, can we talk about, you know, your early twenties? Yeah. And you said you sort of went through like an identity crisis, would you call it? Or yeah. looking for self-worth in the yeah. wrong places? Yeah. And I think, um, it's funny. There's a lot of conversations going on at the moment about masculine and feminine energy and how, um, as women these days, we often take on a lot of masculine energy because it's just the way society has gone. You know, we've got career women, raising families, Mm -hmm. keeping the house together. And, you know, also men stepping into a more feminine role as well. And I feel like our identities can get a bit muddy sometimes. The traditional roles are changing. Those those, um, internal energies that really can, can, I guess, shape us in a way are a bit conflicted. Uh, And it's funny, I've never really resonated well with feminine energy. And I think that's just from a young age. Neither have I. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, uh, yeah. uh, And everybody has their story for it and their reasons for it. For me, it was a self-protection thing. You know, I just was a tougher, tougher exterior to, I guess, protect myself from, you know, comments like just childish crap. Uh, And raised by a very strong woman. Yeah, definitely. And then I think, um, I guess, if we then want to look at how that affected me in relationships. As a, as a teenager, I really didn't have any. Like, I didn't have a boyfriend. wasn't I wasn't, like, the, ones that the, the one that the boys gravitated towards at school or anything. I had heaps of guy mates. Yeah. I had solid friends and beautiful girlfriends who would talk to me about that and, you know, be like, you will find your person. When at 15, I thought I never would kind yeah. of thing. Um, Don't we all think yeah, that? Yeah, you know, and yeah. It's, you really do. And there's – I hate to draw a, um, a – pull this up and bring it up but you know there's a taylor swift song the 15 i don't know if anybody's heard that it takes me i'm probably nearly embarrassed you might get you to edit that out no i love it we're gonna enter the song yeah yeah it can can be the intro but you know it's like somebody tell yeah it's all about that feeling like right then and there is going to shape the rest of your life i'm trying to think of the lyrics no that's the other one that's love story i know too many taylor swift songs um But yeah, and then, so I guess moving into my 20s, all of a sudden finding and I guess understanding the power of a female's sexual energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't always explore that in the most healthy ways and had a, had a lot of confidence, but like I was a confident person, but my relationship with myself and my body was really conflicted. And yeah, discovering that you can use your body to get the attention of men but then, and thinking that that fulfilled you, but in the end, you kind of just end up more conflicted and confused. And yeah, it really didn't help with understanding myself and my own self-worth. Yeah. So yeah, that was an interesting ride. No, I yeah, think. totally interesting ride. And I think we were talking yesterday about the beauty of hindsight. And mm. in that time, you probably didn't know you needed to go through that to be the strong woman with a really strong sense of identity and who you are. hundred percent. And that's what you said. Yeah. You said something beautiful yesterday on the couch. You said it's that hindsight that has like, I've accepted that. Like it's yeah. not something I go, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I wish it didn't no, happen. It's like, that's goodness. just part of your journey. Yeah, definitely. And look, I, I can't really speak for what it might be like in, in 10, 15 years time. If my kids, like, you know, yeah. my daughter's, uh, have that as well her you know it's like I feel like for me that was something I needed to do and yeah. needed to have in order to understand my own worth um and I was lucky that it was able to come back to that and it didn't spiral out of control you know and, and get pregnant yeah, <laughs> good lord um 
It's <laughs> yeah. crazy though yeah, to get like, through all that. But it's sometimes true. you got to do what you got to do. You got to do it safely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think as well, like there'll be someone that's listening to this and they might be in a very different situation, but doing something they're probably not proud of or not sure what, why they're doing it or they're having a really bad week or a bad year or whatever. But you get through it and you put in the work. And I think that work is what defines us. And you put in the work. You, you know, the end of your 20s, like you had a really great run. You was, mm. you were competing. That's yeah. where you met Colin. Can we yep. talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So I guess as part of, so when I was, when I was 21, I um went to my very first short statured People of Australia event. So it sounds like it's kind of like anything, you know, any kind, any, it's just a, a group that yeah. have a common interest, same as anything. I was just listening on your way down to the um, the podcast that you yeah. had with Nicole um, regarding her, her son with autism and yeah. such. And it's not about joining a group because you can't get through life. It's just joining a group or being a part of a community that you can resonate with mm-hmm. and that, you know, share those interests, share those struggles um, that, that you can, I guess, form, yeah, form supports with. So, yeah, 2011, I think I went to my very first short statute convention and that was on the back of quite a, a tumultuous sort of partying period. Yeah. And yeah, I was in a relationship and that ended and I'm like, you know what, this is now, I was ready to explore that part of me. I think I... You needed it. Yeah. I feel like I had a fair grip on my own psychology and I think I knew that the relationship I had with my body wasn't quite where it should have been and it was time to maybe tap into that (laughs) and yeah, and just fully under, you know, and just get a grip on that and see what other people are doing and, and what they're like and are they coping or are they happy or they whatever it is and so yeah got into that and found a really beautiful group of people and it was just you know fun yeah fun party like no one else I came out of that with like some great friends but also the biggest hangover of my (laughs) life it was just like a week-long fun you came out with your partner though you met Cullen um, a couple of years later, yeah, so you yeah, kept going. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we stayed involved. There, you know, we were Carl and I were both with different people. Oh, that sounds really um. <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> to that person. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite a little frisky or something. But <laughs> we were both we were both in other relationships yeah. and such. Um, when we became friends and we met and so and yeah, we were training for the World Dwarf Games. So through that, despite having a really bad relationship with sport as a kid, you yeah. know. I just been you know having to just have a go and and that kind of thing then all of a sudden I discovered there's a whole like I'm actually pretty good professional yeah, yeah there's it, it's semi-professional avenue for people with short stature to explore when it comes to sport um plus there's Paralympic opportunities as well depending on what sport you're in yeah that's another question can you compete in the Paralympic Games? yeah you can so swimming has always been an event for a lot of years powerlifting they've just introduced badminton just for men at the moment which is really really disappointing but yeah, hopefully a a... yeah at the world of games i actually won a bronze medal in badminton so go yeah no there you go that um, is so cool it was really cool actually and then our women's four by 100 meter track relay team won gold and we broke the world record too so stop yeah and that's... See, this is all stuff that is so cool it is really cool didn't your face is like lighting up about <laughs> this as well do you reckon you'll encourage your girls to get involved uh, in stuff like this definitely i feel like that just changed my whole 
it really it just added kind of this competitive spirit in me that I didn't have and I didn't realize that I was craving that um so I'm naturally a, a quite a competitive person so it was really awesome to be able to find an avenue for that and I think it just does so much for your psyche as well to I win can see Tully something going crazy yeah definitely Tilbra's um Tilbra will be into it but yeah Tully is like she's such <laughs> You've a little physical follow thing Charlie on social media her girls are the best like <laughs> I said to you the other day I've never met anyone like like, a, like a, around a lot of kids around Tilbra and Heidi's age Tilbury is just something special. Like she's got this soul that is just so kind and, you know, she was getting whacked in the face by her sister and she was just like, no, no, no. And then she was like, it's okay. She's just little. And I was like, oh my God, like, where did you come from? She, she really does have a, quite a grip. And then Tully is like this tiny little dot that's not even two and like flying around on scooters and like jumping up and down. How funny. Yesterday she jumped on Heidi's scooter and Heidi's like quite tall (laughs) for her age, isn't she? Yeah. And Tully's tiny and she's just like rocking this scooter like nothing else. She's quite impressive. I think that's a reflection of your parenting as well. Like you've never... Even in their short little lives, you've never. I, don't, I feel like that their dwarfism doesn't define them. Like, no, they're just, not at all. They're just kids. Yeah, yep. doing the same thing. And it's funny. It's only just now that Tilbury is starting to notice things. She said to me the other day. What she said? Oh, she said to my mum. So my mum's short statured, and Tilbury wants to go to Scotland of all places because there's this cartoon that she follows, and they live in Scotland. <laughs> And she said to my mum, she said, we're going to go to Scotland, but you can't come until you get bigger, which is so funny because my mum and I are the same height. She's like, but Pa can come. And that's my dad. And he's average height. And mum wrote me and she's like, what? Like, it was just crazy. And, you know, no one was offended or anything. But yeah, she just rang me. She's like, that was the first time she said anything to her. I'm like, that's the first time for me as well. And she is starting to notice that people are different. Um, And she goes to daycare with a little boy who's two who's quite a bit taller than her and she says to me she's like i'm the oldest but jack's the tallest yep and it's it's really interesting need some water been talking way too much how do you like as a parent raising your two beautiful girls what (coughs) are your i guess not only your concerns because every parent has concerns regardless of their short stature or whatever they've got what are your concerns and what are your like hopes and dreams for them we kind of touched on it a bit i guess yeah look i just Cullen and my biggest thing is just to try and make sure that they have a really strong sense of self and to realize that their height, their stature, that's important and that's part of them and they need to be able to, um, like harness that I think and you know because people will try and use it against them, not like, and that sounds a little bit dramatic, but just in comments, they'll make comments, they might get judged in interviews, job interviews, I've felt that like quite a lot throughout going for jobs and everything sometimes I just wonder like I've got everything on paper that these people are asking for is there still kind of some preconceived idea of what they physically want to represent their business and it could be me it could be me in a weak vulnerable moment totally blowing it out or it could be a thing you don't know uh but you know they've got I feel like you've got a very good judgment as well of people like you I don't I don't know how to describe it but even where it steps event like you were Yes, very good at, like, you could tell people were trying to talk to you. Yeah. And I said, like, can I bend down to have photos, like, offensive? And you're like, go for 
yeah, like it's yeah. fine. Like I feel like if people just ask you a question, yeah, and that even like even the other day, like we're talking about the word midget, yeah, and you said like you don't say that you don't say midget, yeah, but again. People don't know that unless they've been told. So it's, yeah. I, you know, you've got to be careful as if there is a trigger for you in whatever capacity. You know, there's so much um, that in everybody's life that we don't may not understand. Mm-hmm. We may not understand where something has come from to create a, an aversion to yeah. that. But for me, yeah, midget is. It's just not a. I don't think it's a pleasant word. I don't think no. there's anything positive no. that people can think of when they hear that word. So therefore, I just. And it's not my name. No. You know, it's not a correct medical term. It's not anything. Just don't so, say it. So, yeah, let's <laughs> just, just, let's just leave but it out. But it's funny. It's like, you know how in the, like in society, I guess, oh, people go, oh, my God, like, I just want to kill myself. Like, as like, a, like yeah. they're not saying it in, like, literally. They're just, yes. like, having a bad day or whatever. Yeah. And that is a trigger for me mm-hmm. because of my beautiful sister and yes. her mental health. Yeah. I think everyone's got their thing. Definitely. Um, we've, we've become really lazy with yeah. language and exaggerated. So, lazy, and that's a bit of a juxtaposition, but... Yeah. Yeah, exaggerated in that we use the word literally all the time, and, I say it and then all the time. yeah, well, it's but it's become natural, hasn't yeah. it? It's become commonplace, and be like, I literally ran off the road, and then well, you didn't really, no, though, you know, you went a little just, bit into the other lane, yeah, like, yeah. and but it's funny, and and we've we've become kind of numb, I think, to saying things that aren't necessarily what we mean simply because we've we've just become more expressive we've got so many avenues to express ourselves on now like social media um and everybody wants to be upbeat and peppy and talk a lot and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's i guess been elaborated our language is elaborated and it's Mm -hmm. not always necessary i've only really noticed it since having heidi because Mm -hmm. she started copying things i say and i'm like yeah oh my god i I, like just said oh my god like i do i say that all the time and and then when we hear it rep- like repeated, we're like, oh, don't say that. Yeah. It's yeah. Not really, it's not necessary, but no. you know that they're just copying you. Um, Tilba says it as well. And that's, that's what I've started trying to change it to, oh my goodness. Or, and oh then, my gosh. Yeah. And then even then I'm like, I still say it way too much. Like that really should be something that I you know. say when something has really gone down or really happened, but we say it all the time. It's so crazy. So this is a really random question, but... I'm sure there are mums listening to this or have stumbled across this for the whole short stature component of your life. Mm-hmm. Someone who might be pregnant with a short stature child yep. or a child of difference, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, they might be short statured having a baby or whatever it may be. What's your advice to someone who is just going to be walking in similar shoes to you as like a mama? Yeah. So from your mum perspective of like raising kids and then also if they're raising a short statured child. Yeah. So like two questions in one. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I get so many messages on Instagram from new parents. You know, I use like the hashtags, achondroplasia or dwarfism or whatever it is, I guess for that exact reason is if somebody Achondroplasia, sorry, that's the type of... That's the type of dwarfism that I have. Yeah. Yeah. And then Colin and Tully have a different type. How Um, do you say that? Geliophysic dysplasia. Gelio and acon. That's what you call Yeah, and acon, that's fine. That's how I know them. (laughs) But yeah, I get messages from people with short stature. And the reason that I use those hashtags that I'm so much about advocating our life is because I feel like we've got a really positive life and I want if people do stumble upon us and because of their you know because they've just found out that their child will have dwarfism as well I want them to see us and think 
it's going to be okay. You know, their life is good. Yeah. They're happy. Yeah. Because a lot of the messages do come through and say we're devastated. Yeah. And that's just like a stab to the heart. Not because they're trying to offend me, but I'm no. like, you have nothing to be devastated for. My life is so full. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're even on here searching and looking shows that your kid's going to be fine too because you're already you're in better there, in the situation. doing the work, doing yeah. the research, trying to find out what you need to do to look after your new child. Um, and in the end, like, you know, the biggest advice is just to love that kid exactly the same as you would exactly. any other child. There'll, there might be a few things okay. that you'll need to put into place. Yeah. And again, like a lot of people and a lot of doctors and such will focus on the physical health of your child. And that's important. You don't want those implications to come back. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, as that, as that child grows up, you've just got to be able to help role model confidence um positive self-talk and you know they're the resources that i feel we need to be putting into place for all our kids but particularly children with with differences because yeah without that without that positive mindset and without knowing them knowing themselves that they've got this then you know you could you could extend their legs for them and they'll still be unhappy so and i think it's like you just said it's for every child it's not just for children with short stature or of anyone with difference you just want your kids to be confident mm-hmm. in themselves, happy, yeah, and just feel their worth. Like, who knows what life's gonna throw at you? You could be born average height with everything perfect, but you could have a medical condition. Yeah. Or my beautiful sister from the outside looking in, she's beautiful. She, she has is. a beautiful life. Your whole family is genetically oh. beautiful. No, I don't know about that. And, and <laughs> just beautiful in the heart as well. Oh yeah, my whole family is obsessed with Charlie and Cullen. My mum <laughs> tells stories. She actually shows people your Instagram and she's like, he had a world record. And mum's so she's like, I met him, it's always a event. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so, it's so cool. But yeah, I don't know. You're just you're a really beautiful person. You're a beautiful mom. And it's funny, like, you're just doing the same stuff. Like you are a businesswoman, you're an entrepreneur, you are a mum, you're a wife, you're a daughter-in-law, you're just trying to do all the things that everyone's trying to do. All the hats. Yeah, yeah. You wear all the hats. And I feel like we said earlier, like being short stature is just a tiny part of your Yeah, it's the first world. thing that people notice. And yeah. I think as an assumption, it's the biggest thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's nothing. Like I don't even You're happy. Realize it most days. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent like wouldn't wouldn't change it at all because I don't really know how I would have gotten to the place that I'm at now without it. Yeah. Uh and yeah, it's it's given me so many more opportunities than you know, and everybody everybody has their journey and but yeah, for me that's really shaped yeah um where where we're at now. I met Cullen because of it. You know, we're not together because we're both short statured. Like we, yeah, we just happened to meet through that and it worked. You guys are the best as well. Like you're so similar, but you're also so very different. And he was saying how much you've like educated him because he like, we didn't even talk about this, but your diagnosis, I'm doing the bunny ears thing again. You weren't diagnosed until you were pregnant with Tilba. Yeah. And for me, when you said that, I was like, but like, that seems weird. And you're yeah. like, well, we knew like yeah. my mom, me and yeah. Cullen as well, because he, to look at him yes, as a child, he was saying his parents didn't realize he was short stature until he was like two or three or something yeah. where he just was like smaller. Yeah. About the, yeah. About the age that Tully is coming into now. So yeah. I guess just to, to give a bit of background on that is that yeah, yeah Cullen and I both have two different kinds of dwarfism. Um, when, 
we were having our children, there was a one in four chance yeah. that we'd pass on my kind of dwarfism, <laughs> one in four chance that we'd pass on Cullen's, one in four chance we'd actually have an average height child, and then a one in four, 25% chance that both our forms of dwarfism would be passed along, uh, which generally, not always, but generally results in a bit of a fatal outcome if you do carry that baby to full term because organ everything is just so restricted yeah it's a it's a double dose of dwarfism Mm -hmm. so extra tiny um organs can't function chest cavity is a bit too tight and and yeah sadly unfortunately most of those children pass away you had all the genetic testing yeah yes you were very cautious in your pregnancy of figuring out what was yeah as soon as genetically going on yeah and thanks to the like becoming involved in the short statute group I became educated on that as well I didn't even know that was a thing um that you know if you were to have a child with another short statured person that there was even this whole genetic mind game like I would never I didn't even like is it genetic like I had I like so it is it's genetic for us um average height parents is like 80 percent of people with short stature come from average height parents yeah so Colin for example both of his parents are average height um so yeah, it's it's anybody can do it. It's happens kind of, at Yeah, it's just like a um, they call it a mutation. Colin hates that word. Yeah, he. I don't like that word either. No, he says it's a variation. It's like mutations variation. indicating that something is wrong. Which no. I guess if we're to be like medically correct, you no, know, let's it's, change the medical yeah, terminology. <laughs> but hey, it's a variation. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah completely random. There's no. It's just it just happens. One in twenty five thousand, I think it is. Oh wow. Whereas for us, yeah, because obviously we both do carry that, then the chances are, are higher whereas if it was if Colin and an average height woman or myself and an average height man it would just be a one in two yeah so yeah we had genetic testing done at 12 weeks for both of our children and we were really lucky and fortunate that you know both times only one form of dwarfism was passed on it's not you know it's you kind could, of cool you've got one of each it is because you've both walked the, those shoes right Definitely. similar shoes yep. it's gonna yep. be different let's be honest yeah but I think back to your yeah. earlier point of um, Cullen's dwarfism wasn't picked up until he was two or three. If you were to look at Tully now, I still get so many questions, you know, is does she have dwarfism? Because without knowing her exact age, she's just a, she's just a child. You know, everything's proportionate yeah. and such. And, yeah, it's about from now, like anywhere in the next year, her sort of growth um, – patterns will start to slow a little bit and yeah if you compare her now to another baby another child of the same age she's starting to drop off the scale you know a little she's bit in just terms so of her gung-ho heart. though like she, she seems oh, so much so older gutsy. yeah people see her riding her scooter down at Cronulla there and they're yeah. like they do a double take yeah i think like somebody's just like she looks like a baby she looks like a baby but, but she's, she's just physically like a child i know she's <laughs> physically like very very able which yeah. is Climbing in the back of your couch yeah. and everything. She's and, like, a... getting herself down perfectly. Yeah. Like just, I don't even know. Like, she even, like, got herself in and out of the bath, like, the other <laughs> day. Like, she's just, yeah, she's full on. And she's not even two. She's pretty hectic. So, we've been talking for ages. But can I ask what's... Oh, I can't even talk. <clears throat> cough, cough. What's next for Charlie Kate? Like, what? what's next for you? Oh, wow. It's like... It's I, the hardest question. It is. And it's funny. I think it's probably... um conversations that you and I have had quite a bit this last month because I feel like I'm constantly in a state of disarray no but (laughs) you're just in a state of change yeah transitional period I think it's um you know our kids I don't know whether we're we're having a a third child or not not at the moment but maybe down the track so you know next year I feel is like 
we've got no babies you know like we've got two little I kids feel the same yeah and so i'm like okay if we're not having another child that we need to do something mm-hmm. so yeah being i guess exploring a little bit of speaking people seem to be interested like people are interested in hearing other people's stories and i love sharing and talking yeah. about it so for me yeah i really want to get out and, and talk to as many people as possible and, and share our own journey as well as the lessons that we've learned along the way because i feel like Anybody can take anything from that. And I take things from people, you know, regardless of whether any of my story aligns with theirs, but you just hear perspectives. Um, And I think, you know, I want to, I want to grow up. I want my kids to grow up and, you know, they'll have social media. I know that. Um, But I want it to be just because, you know, people are interested in them and what they're doing or whatever they are. Yeah. And not have to, like, we've found a lot through our own social media journey that we've had to defend ourselves and our right to have kids or explain Which things. is absolute bullshit. Like, I shouldn't say... Like, I can swear yeah. this is my podcast. But for people... <laughs> like, you were saying some of the comments you got when you were pregnant. Like, people just need to people mind need to be business. educated yeah. and yeah people need to mind their own business absolutely for some reason this this social media world that that's a thing you know yeah. social media is a thing i'm not it's given so many people so many opportunities we've connected yeah. through social media so i'm not i don't begrudge it at all but for some reason as soon as people jump on there there's like this change for some there's this change of mindset and all of yeah. a sudden they become brazen and would would type things that they would never say out loud to somebody. So yeah, when when we were pregnant, we had so many people question us um, as to why why wouldn't you adopt or why wouldn't you just be happy without children, knowing that you could pass on. They were calling it a disease. Um, and Stop. I, yeah, like it's it's not a disease. And, no. But that for me, like you know, you hear it originally, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's such a it's such a trigger, and it makes you angry, it makes you upset, it makes you just want to go to town back on these people. But then when you can remove the emotion out of it, which you know you, you've got to, yeah, yeah, um, that for me is just like the world needs educating. You know, we need to be here, we need to talk, and we need to share, and we need to tell everybody oh, I love you about our answer. story. Yeah, um, because yeah, there's so. I mean, a lot of it's a bit of a, there's a bit of a cultural thing. You know, social media is a, a global platform. There's yeah. there's society. There's sorry, cultures that physical differences aren't always ex- as accepted as they are in the Western world. So we're really really lucky, but. We need, yeah, that, that for us starts here, that journey. And that's it's beauty of exactly, fighting, keep using yeah. your voice to keep educating. Yeah, just to and keep... I mean, yeah, we're, we've been put here, like we haven't been put here just to, to carry on a mundane life. We're yeah. here to, to share that, I think. Your so. movers and shakers, like <laughs> you're actually absolutely movers and shakers. And I feel like, I don't know, I agree. You need to get out there more, like get you up on stage. How do we get your voice out there? I'm trying to, like I said, encourage her to do like a YouTube or Instagram because your lives are just interesting and you're so empowering. And I don't know, like I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at her outdoors and like living the life. And then you're also like, my kids had a shit fight at dinner and we had to come home and they were losing their crap. I'm like, this is the stuff that just... You're just living a normal life. Yeah, you just want to yeah, normalize But doing it. cool things. Definitely. Doing really cool things. Oh, look, I think YouTube's definitely on the cards for 2020. It's been a common question in my inbox and DMs. I'll have to, uh, I need to, like... You need to get a camera. I need to learn so <laughs> much. I just can't even fathom carrying a camera around and looking at that. But I guess that's what we do already on yeah. a small scale, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely time to, to get that out there. And I think it'll be fun. It will be fun. And we've got some exciting things on the cards for early next year. Oh, we do. So, so keep, keep on look out for that but that's the power of social media i think you said it really beautifully before like beautiful things have come of it and there's obviously negative things but you know this whole united motherhood and i feel like your community as well is like 
it's pushing us all to play in a space of re- like respect, love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like we're all different. Definitely. All different. We're, like I could look at someone and I could, you know, you can make a judgment or whatever, but it's actually just going, okay, well, because I don't like that, I've learned that I don't want to be doing that. Yeah. And it's not judging them for what they're doing. No. It's, you know, that's just my take on it. And it yeah. does, you don't need to rip someone down. No, that's right. And I think like, yeah, for me, finding my own social media community, it's, yeah, there's so many people that were in my life two years ago that were, I don't know, I don't want to say are, but were my yeah. friends um, and such. But then since some, yeah, you don't realize that sometimes there's people in your life that can't handle other mm-hmm. people's growth yeah. um, in whatever capacity, not in a friggin' thousands yeah. of followers capacity, but just in a change, change in moving into a different phase or yeah, like changing their outlook on life um I agree whatever it is and and they either try and keep you with them because yeah they just the, the vibe is just too much for them or they they just disappear and so it's been really nice when you do move into a new space that people meet you there yeah and you know and they're the people in that space that are going to be okay with your growth yeah. and I'm finding that's my biggest positive from social media is that you get there and there's people that are just encouraging you to go higher and yeah holding on and going with you or vice versa you know like i'm celebrating you as well i think and that's like you do it as well like you like when we met like like i know this is like taking it back to numbers i don't know why i can't speak today but you i didn't have a big following but you were like we just vibed you know what i mean like it wasn't anything to do with oh well you're huge and i'm small and I can't be your friend. Like it's not, it's not a numbers based thing. I feel like we put ourselves out there and you're going to find friendship in places you don't expect. And Absolutely. friendships can be seasonal and you need people in your life sometimes for a certain amount of time. And it's okay if that friendship fizzles. Yep. It's just respecting. I think that friendship enough to say we needed each other. We got each other through that chapter. Yep. That's right. And we're going to, we're okay. We're going different ways, but Absolutely. it's just supporting each other on our journeys. And life is just a constant changing of growth, I guess. For sure, yeah, and I think that's applicable to everybody, no matter yeah. what, you know, whether they're progressing through their career, their family dynamics changing, um, relationships forming or separating, whatever it is, there's always going to be people at a different place and, mm-hmm. and they'll meet you there or you'll meet them. Yeah, like, and you might come back together, who knows. The world is a crazy place, but we have spoken for 45 minutes. Woohoo, goodness. So, and Blake is awake, I'm pretty sure I just <laughs> left him in his cock crying for a good few minutes, but he'll be fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> he will be fine, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been beautiful. It's like, we've just been like trying to plan this day, haven't we? First. I know. And also I feel like we've spoken so much off camera. There's just so much more off camera, off mic, I should say. So much. I just want to like talk about, but we'll do this again. We can make, yeah, let's do it again. Maybe you'll have a podcast one day. I'm putting so many things in your head. There's so many. So much. All good. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. What an incredibly insightful woman. I feel so blessed to call her a new friend of mine, but I feel like she could be a forever. Be sure to check out all things Charlie Kate. I will link everything down below and I'll be back in your ears in two weeks. Peace.